Macworld Podcast number 310 for Wednesday, July 11, 2012. Welcome to the Macworld Podcast, sponsored by Hover.com, domain names made simple. I'm Philip Michaels. I'm your host for this edition of the Macworld Podcast. And we're in sort of a strange period for the Mac universe in that we're waiting for Mountain Lion, waiting for iOS 6. We decided in this week's episode of the Macworld Podcast to focus on that second product release coming this fall. We'll have time enough to talk about Mountain Lion later, as that just went golden master. But I've got two iOS experts on the line with me. It's senior editor Dan Morin. Hello, Dan. Hi, Phil. Good to be here. It's good to have you. And also staff writer Lex Friedman. Hello, Lex. Hello there. Thanks for having me. I feel like we've uh, been together since last week's podcast. Um, and what we're going to be talking about, as I said, is iOS 6. We talked a little bit about this post-Worldwide uh, Developers Conference keynote. Um, wanted to go a little bit more in-depth about our hopes, our dreams, our fears for this new version of Apple's mobile operating system. And I um, want to start off by talking uh, to you Dan Morin, about uh, the feature you're most looking forward to in iOS 6. Well, the feature I think I'm most looking forward to uh, is turn-by-turn directions, which is sort of the marquee feature, obviously, of this release. Uh, And the reason for that is because I've I've actually never used really a GPS in terms of – I've never owned one. Uh, I've used them a couple times when I'm traveling or I've used friends. um, And I remember casting a few envious looks at my – my friend's Android phone, which included its own GPS built-in turn-by-turn directions. And that was one of those things that, that often got lorded over the the iPhone in terms of the advantages of other platforms. Is ooh, look at this. You can do – sure, the iPhone can do directions, but you have to sit there and tap through them, and you always have to look back at the screen. So they're not really good if you're driving. Um, so Apple's sort of gone whole hog on, on revamping maps in this newest edition. And I think the, the idea of having a GPS built into your phone makes a lot of sense. It's one less device to carry around in the same way that I don't really carry around my iPod that much anymore. Um, it sort of brings another feature into the fold and it's a great talking point slash bullet point for, uh, features on, on iOS six. Um, so I am curious to see how well it works. I think there's a lot of potential there, especially in integration with Siri. Um, but, I think it's a it's a major feature to add. How about you, Lex? What feature are you most looking forward to with iOS 6, given what Apple has discussed at the keynote and put up on its website? Well, in truth, uh, the feature I'm looking forward to the most is kind of a minor one uh, in the grand scheme of things, but it's one that I longed for. And there it are is- no... Lex, there are no small features. There are only small people. That's true. <laughs> the, the feature I am I'm most eager to embrace on my iDevices is do not disturb. You know, uh, notifications are, arrived, I believe, in iOS 3, and then they got good in iOS 4. Um, in iOS 4, you could turn off notifications all in one fell swoop or any other form of swoop. But in iOS 5, with the introduction of Notification Center, um, where notifications could stop being quite so invasive and they could do those banner notifications instead of the the pop-up alerts, uh, that switch disappeared. There was no way to say, I don't want notifications to bother me right now. And for me, if I'm, say, watching 
Netflix watch or having my kids watch a some Dora the Explorer on Netflix, I don't want notifications to keep popping up. Even the banner alerts, while less invasive than the notifications of old, still briefly mute the sound on the video you're watching and play a sound of their own. And, and there's just no way to, to stop them in iOS 5. But iOS 6 with its long-awaited edition of Do Not Disturb doesn't just let me, you know, temporarily say I'm about to watch a movie, so don't disturb me with any notifications, silence them all. Uh, it lets you schedule Do Not Disturb time too. So now I can put my iPhone on my nightstand and it continues to receive all those notifications, but it doesn't light up the screen or play a sound to signify their arrival. And that means that in the morning, my wife doesn't yell at me saying that Twitter notifications or whatever you know, lit up my iPhone six times during the night. So it's, it's a win-win. See, I don't think that's a small feature at all. I think that's a very, very worthwhile addition to the iOS stable of uh, capabilities. I guess I called it a small feature because I think it was, in all honesty, an oversight and even potentially an embarrassing oversight that it wasn't part of the feature set in Notification Center from the get-go. If you, if you want a small... But 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 equally important, I would say, feature. I was thinking of the uh, the ability to upload pictures in Safari, which is a small feature, and yet another one that, like like noted, like a Do Not Disturb, is kind of a bizarre, you know, missing feature. It was one of the few things I noted when I did some work from the iPad. Like that, wow, you just can't do that. It's impossible. So that's a, that's another welcome one that's kind of small too. If if I may, I, I think that the, the the do not disturb feature sort of was one of those Apple implemented notification center and then realized, oh man, there are a lot of notifications. We we need to stop those from coming, and I I think that's why that's why it was added now. Yeah, I think that makes sense. Well, they did say there were something like trillions of them being sent too, so that's a. <laughs> I think we'd all enjoy avoiding those. Mm-hmm. Uh, w- would anyone like to hear the feature I'm most looking forward to? Yes, I'm very eager much. to hear the feature you're oh, most looking forward to. You warm my heart. This can, day can, is- I, can I guess before you say it? Go right ahead. My guess is that you're most looking forward to sports-related answers from Siri. Um, if this were the pundit showdown, no, you would you would <laughs> not get points for that. You would not match the answer in the golden envelope. Um, because keep in mind, Lex, I'm still using an, an aging iPhone 4. Uh, Siri is but a, a fantasy world to me. That <laughs> Understood. I, that I, I, and I, I don't have a third-generation iPad, which will also gain Siri support with iOS 6. So uh, your talk of Siri frightens and confuses me. No, Lex, the feature I am most looking forward to in iOS 6 are the improvements to the Mail app. Why? Because Mail is the built-in app that I use the most. And the two uh, marquee features that Apple is adding, um, the ability to um, uh, send flag messages to a folder so that you can uh, review them. I, I, I heard, a, I heard a, a yes from yes, Dan Boris. Yes, I, I was yes. a sibilant yes. <laughs> yes. And um, most importantly, the VIPs and the ability to say, these people, I want to know when their mail's coming in. Um, perhaps this is a little inside baseball, but we, um, we Mac editors get a lot of emails each day from people um, that clogging up the, the inbox. And there, there, there are some emails that are more important than others and, and some that I don't want lost in the, um, 
in the 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 deluge of Kickstarter uh, emails and and other notifications I receive, uh, I want to know when my my boss Jason Snell uh, wants to yell at me via email. I want to know <laughs> when Lex Friedman has hopes and dreams and story ideas he wants to share with me. I uh, I want to know when my wife has has things to to email me, and uh, the VIP uh, feature will allow me to do that. And I'm very much looking forward to that. That's- that's a, that's a great improvement. Another another thing that solves a long running problem, at least for me, because since the first iPhone, I think I've had I turn since notifications came around, I had that like new mail, you know, notification on for about you know ten minutes before deciding, wow, this is really 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 annoying because I can't have all these things popping up at the same time or you know constantly popping up because you know starting in the original iPhone days, you you could get a sound when you got new mail. And then they sort of refined it a bit when they introduced Notification Center. But it didn't really stop the issue of if you get a lot of emails, then that fills up very, very quickly. Yeah, and I believe in iOS 6 you can say only play the sound for one of those VIP emails, which I guess was your point. But that's a lot better. Mm-hmm. Uh, for, for this next question where we're going to sort of do – we're kind of at a disadvantage in answering it because we can only go with the um, – the sliver of the 200 features and enhancements that Apple has talked about. Uh, I'd like to know if there is a feature that you'd like to see added by the time iOS 6 arrives on your iPhone or iPad or iOS device. Let's start with you this time, Lex. Well, I, you know, I brought it up uh, in hopes that you were going to mention it, but you didn't. But, you know, Siri is something that I love. I know some people look at Siri on the 4S and say it's a bit of a... You know, it's it's a show-off feature, but not one that they use every day. But I maybe it's because I work from home. Maybe it's because I don't embarrass easily in public or care about other people's feelings. So I talk to my phone loudly wherever I am. But I really get a lot done with Siri and appreciate its existence. And Apple already showed us that, you know, uh, it's going to know more about movies and Siri will know more about uh, sports uh, and be able to answer those kinds of questions. But I'm hoping that uh, before the iOS's official launch, uh, I guess in fall, that more knowledge bases and more features will be added to what Siri can do. The The biggest the biggest flaw, I guess, with Siri right now is either, A, when it doesn't work because of its own failing. You know, it knows how to answer your question but doesn't handle it properly anyway. Uh, or, B, when it doesn't know how to answer your question at all. So the more knowledge bases online, you know, right now it's going to be using Yelp for restaurants, and they're adding in, I believe, Rotten Tomatoes powers the movies and... Uh, I think it's Yahoo powers the sports. If they can find other, you know, online repositories of information that can handle answering all sorts of questions, I think that'll be great because, you know, I'm faster. When Siri works on the first try, it's certainly faster for me than, you know, tapping over to the right app to search for something or search for the answer I'm after or to add in the reminder or whatever it is. So, you know, Dan and I have written together, I believe, about, you know, our wish list for Siri and various things we want to do. And Apple's knocked some of those things uh, off the list with uh, what it's saying is coming in iOS 6. But I, you know, I'm just optimistic that it'll be able to handle more actions on the phone and no more answers to questions of, of general knowledge types before it launches. Very good. Dan Morin, is there a uh, feature you're hoping that Apple uh, adds to the iOS 6 mix? Well, I, I'm I'm hopeful, but I'm I'm not optimistic about it. And that feature for me is 
I would actually really like to see additional support for external apps uh, in the notification center area. We have those little widgets for the weather and stocks. Um, and, th- and that's nice. I like being able to get weather easily without having to fire up an app. I can bury it in a folder somewhere and not have to worry about it. Um, but it would be kind of cool if Apple were to allow the ability to put other apps in there or have other apps to get access to that. So, you know, right now you've got the weather widget for the built-in weather app, but there are there are better weather apps or, or weather apps you might prefer that have a different forecast or do a slightly different job of things. And it would be cool if you could put that in there. It would be cool if you could have, you know, your sports stats. A lot of the stuff that Siri gets used for, Siri's great. I agree with Lex. I, I really like it, and it's, it's impressive what they've managed to do with it. But sometimes you're just not in a place where you can be talking to your phone. You just want to, you know, quickly, quickly uh get a glance at something. So I, I would like definitely to see see more improvement on that as time goes by. I'm not sure we'll see it in iOS 6, but looking forward, it's one of those things that I I, I definitely have heard from friends, including uh, I was talking to a friend last night who had just switched from an Android phone to an iPhone, and he said that he really missed some of that active desktop-style thing that, uh, that Android phones have where they just have your information displayed on the desktop and it's constantly updating. So, you know, you might look at the, the icon for the weather app and it would tell you what the current you know, what the current weather was as opposed to, you know, on, on the iOS phone where it's just uh, it's just a static image. So having some more opportunities for third parties to link into these services that Apple is providing, uh, I think, would be a great improvement. But I'm not sure we'll see that in iOS 6. Uh, for me, it's it's a small one because I, I wouldn't presume to tell Apple it's business like you two fellas. <laughs> but um, um, the... And I realize it's getting an overhaul, so maybe it's in there already, and the proof will be in the using. But the Maps uh, application, one of the the things I, I don't use the app very much um, for for a multitude of reasons we don't need to get into. But when I do launch it, I I don't always like launching it, and suddenly I'm in a map that I was using three cities ago. I, I wish there were a way to. Uh, to when you're done using maps, maybe signify that I'm done. I don't need to to save this map of uh, of Berkeley, California, since I'm I'm no longer in Berkeley. Um, I also wish there were a way to um, since the GPS uh, can cause a bit of a battery hit. I I usually find myself uh, uh, closing out maps and then uh, toggling down to the dock to quit maps entirely, so that just to make sure that. Uh, I'm not uh, straining the battery, and I wish there were a better way to manage that as well. So I hope Apple takes that into account in iOS 6. I'm sure one of you can jump in and tell me that those features already exist, and I'm, I'm just a klutz who's overlooked them. No, I think you're spot on. It's annoying. You know, even with third-party GPS apps now, you get to your destination, and I, I always end up – I use Navigon on my iPhone, and I always have to force quit it to make sure that the GPS isn't you know, gobbling up extra battery life in the background once it's no mm-hmm. longer necessary. You're right. And Lex has said the most beautiful words that that I've ever heard. Phil is right. Um, before we get on to our next question, I just want to talk a moment about our uh, our sponsor is uh, Hover.com. They make domain names simple. Uh, you can not just take my word for it. Go on to Twitter. Do some searches for Hover.com. You can read the great things that their customers have to say about them. Hover.com uses smart, simple tools with every function from renewing a, a domain name to changing a password, uh, making those tools and functions as intuitive and easy as can be. There's no cross-selling. You don't 
don't uh, you don't get a lot of sales pitches when you're when you're dealing with Hover.com like you would with other uh, competing services. They want users to get their tasks done quickly and easily. There's a deep help section uh, filled with tutorials, videos, answers to common questions, and customer forums. And there's a large, knowledgeable, wonderful, outstanding customer support team. You call them between 9 a.m. to 8 p.m. Eastern Time. You're not going to get a, a, a message. You're going to get a live, actual human being who can answer your questions. There's nothing fancy about Hover.com. It's just good intentions and great execution. And guess what? Macworld podcast listeners, you can save 10% by going to www.hover.com slash Macworld. And now let's get back to our discussion with Dan Morin and Lex Friedman. We're talking about iOS 6. And I'd like to uh, sort of ask if there's a feature or an enhancement in the new mobile iOS we're expecting this fall that you guys just don't understand, that you're not sure why it's there that you'd like to hear more about. Um, Lex, you seem very confused. <laughs> Oftentimes. Uh-huh. Uh, and all of a sudden, I, I realize that I'm not sure that the name I have is the proper name for the feature. Is it called Passbook? Oh, d- it's called Passbook because it's also Passbook. the feature I wanted to talk about. <laughs> oh, good. We, can to- we can totally shut Dan Morin out of this conversation. <laughs> Lex, That's cool. Go ahead. I got my own thing. I'm just going to be over here. Here's, my, yeah. here's the thing. with. I mean, I am always hesitant to criticize anything Apple's doing because Apple is the company with $100, million, $100 billion in the bank and I am not. And everything they touch these days turns golden. Uh, so I will clearly look like a fool uh, in several months' time. That said, I don't get it. Passbook is a feature that's supposed to l- replace um, cards that you would use at places like uh, gift cards or, or store cards. You can use it to go buy your drinks at Starbucks, I guess. Uh, and I understand at least the notion behind it. I certainly understand the business appeal for Apple behind it if they can cut themselves in somehow on some of the filthy lucre involved in these transactions. Um, but I, where my confusion comes from is that it seems like this is, you know, sort of an alternative to NFC, near field computing, this concept that's in some phones now, some smartphones now, where I can wave my phone near a device by the register and it'll know about my accounts and charge me appropriately. But none of these technologies uh, can actually let me leave my wallet at home. And if I have my wallet in my pocket, it doesn't really bother me to have my credit card there ready to swipe the device that's you know the, that card that's dedicated to spending my money or to have my boarding pass in my pocket or whatever the pass is that i could otherwise have had in passbook i to me the needing to rely on my smartphone that i'd rather be using while i'm waiting in line to check twitter instead of you know making sure i've got the right pass up in passbook is just stressful and i i feel like i can say this firsthand because i used to try to use the online boarding passes when i would fly where you get, you know, a goofy QR code-esque style boarding pass on your smartphone that you can show. But for me, it was always very stressful because, you know, you're waiting in line at security and you've got to have your phone out, but you know that you can't take your phone, take, can't take your phone through the, you know, through the metal detector. So you're going to have to drop it off soon, even though you want to have it out to show. And uh, I don't know. And it meant to me that like, I couldn't check email or check Twitter or whatever while I was waiting in that line. Cause I wanted to make sure I had my pass ready when I was at the front of the line. And I, I for me, passbook is about adding stress to my life in a place that I don't need it. I can't leave my wallet at home anyway, cause I've got to have my ID with me or what, whatever else, or, you know, be able to buy things at establishments that don't embrace passbook. So if I can't abandon my wallet and it's going to cause me stress anyway, I don't get it. I do not get the appeal of passbook so far 
If Chris Breen were here, I, I believe Chris Breen on a past podcast has sung the praises of of past books, so he'd be here to defend it. But since he's not, I'm going to join you in saying that I I, I don't understand it at all. Um, and I say that as a man who, um, who uh, full disclosure, was at the 2001 launch event for the iPod, and I said, oh, no one's going to want to buy this. So clearly, <laughs> Passbook is going to be hugely successful. But uh, like you, using it, uh, some of the things sound interesting that they're talking about, like with boarding passes, where if there's a gate change or a flight delay, your phone automatically gets updated. That's interesting to me. But the idea of uh, taking out my phone and, and, and waving it at a retail clerk uh, and expecting them to understand what I'm doing, whether it's with an affinity card or with a payment or with a, a, a gift card, I don't understand how that's going to go smoothly. And it is going to cause stress, Lex. I, I'm, a, I'm the kind of fellow who, when he tries to pay with a, a, a Sacagawea dollar at a convenience store, is worried that the clerk is, is going to think I'm trying to slip him a, a token <laughs> from, the, from the local Chuck E. Cheese. So, yeah, like you, Passbook uh, uh, confuses me. And, uh, and I, I'd like to see it in operation first, but I, I have a feeling that that is a... That is a feature or an app that I am never, ever going to launch until I'm dragged kicking and screaming into the future. I kind of wonder if it's a. I, I feel like it's a it's a flag planting move uh, by Apple, and that's the you know with the kind of stuff that Google has been trying to do with Google Wallet, where it's this use of this near field communications technology. When you know the, the kind of thing you have in the, so they've used them for some credit cards, and they used to have the the mobile speed passes, right, where you could pay for your gas by waving a thing near it. Um, I, I kind of feel like in some ways this is them, Apple, setting up for a, an idea of this whole pay-with-your-phone technology that won't require you necessarily to pull up the correct thing. You'll just be able to sort of slot in all these cards, and it'll it'll know what the appropriate card is. That said, that's something that hasn't really caught on here in the U.S. at all, though it has in other places overseas. Um, but, you know, like Lex was talking about, we, we haven't quite reached that stage where we can travel, you know, if you forget your wallet, but you remember your phone, you can get away with a lot of things, but you're certainly going to have problems in other places. So I feel like it's kind of half of a feature right now. And maybe it's something that they will, you know, push out in one of the future versions, or maybe something they'll make a big push on later. Or maybe it's just another one of those technologies that will never quite catch on and, and die a hapless death like ping or uh you know the, any of the a variety of other things that that various companies have tried over the year well and uh if it does catch on i'll be the first to deny that i ever said that i didn't <laughs> understand it uh dan is there is there something that you just don't get yeah there's it's i mean i kind of get why they you they showed it off but at the same time i don't understand necessarily the utility of the feature and that is 3d maps i mean they're gorgeous don't get me wrong um i oohed and odd with everybody else when i when i got a, a look at them in the keynote um and and they're very impressive but i'm not really sure what they're doing in the maps app they kind of strike me as it's it's sort of a google earth thing so it kind of strikes me as something that's almost better off in a, like a reference app or something like that. Like, oh, yeah, here's cool 3D photos. But I, I just don't understand the utility of having those in an app that serves mainly to get you directions or find point of interest. Um, in theory, maybe you can use it to help sort of get your bearings. But it's a 3D map from a top-down view, whereas you're pretty much always on the street looking up. Um, in some ways, it seems like it was kind of a sleight of hand to distract us from the fact that because Apple got rid of uh, Google Maps. 
they also lost access to the Street View Google feature, which gave you a you know let you look at the actual address as though you were on a street walking or driving a car, which while not necessarily you know wasn't anything that I necessarily used a lot more, but it, it, in its theory at least it seems more utilitarian than having this uh, overhead helicopter plane made view of of this sort of three D environment. But it sure does look pretty, huh? Sure does look pretty. I'll give you that. Okay. Um, I thought we'd wrap up by just um, giving our individual assessments of iOS 6 based on, on what we, we know at this point and uh, uh, just what we're looking for, whether we're looking forward to it this fall, whether, whether the future is, is a scary place. Um, Dan? Any thoughts there about the future? Well, the future is definitely a scary place, but I, I don't well, think necessarily. Well, it's always scary. <laughs> I don't think necessarily where iOS six is concerned. There's nece- there's a lot to be afraid of. Um, no, as not, with, probably not. Yeah, as with its as with its prior uh, incarnations, I think there there are some nice new features in there. Uh, the only thing that that I do sort of start to worry about a bit is the further overloading of the metaphors that Apple's already developed. And we've seen this most prominently with Springboard, um, the the home screens of your your iOS devices, where they were originally designed to handle, you know, a dozen apps, and now we're up to, <laughs> some people will have upwards of hundreds of them. Um, and so in other places as well, I think we're starting to see a, well, limitations in the metaphors that Apple's constructed to design their phone. For example, it, it amuses me to think about all the little stuff that's hiding underneath or on top of different layers. You know, you swipe down, you get notification center, you hold down the home button, you get Siri, which is sort of underneath. You know, there's all these different, if you were trying to, you know, make a map of how iOS was laid out, it starts to get more and more confusing and there's more and more stuff that's hidden away that you can't see. Um, and those might be useful features, but if you don't know how to get at them, if you're someone who's not very technically savvy and you just, you know, don't know to swipe down for notification center, uh, then it's starting to get to the point where it's, well, how do we keep this device simple yet continue to build in complexity and power? Um, and I think we haven't quite hit the tipping point on that yet. But it is becoming an increasing issue as we see Apple roll in more and more functionality. Lex, is the future so bright that you have to wear shades, or uh, or are you trembling before our our iOS six overlords? My my sunglasses are on. You know, mm-hmm. I I think iOS six is in many ways the snow leopard or mountain lion to iOS 5, the the 4S to the iPhone 4. I think it's, you know, it's a sequel to iOS 5 that's going to make lots of things better, have a few new additions, but mostly be notable for smoothing out rough edges might be too strong, but for for making the good great. Uh, And I like that. You know, it's... um, I, for me, you know, Dan and I have spoken about this before. Uh, the Maps app, to me, I think it'll be nice to have a free app that can do turn-by-turn directions. But uh, as the Hallmark feature doesn't excite me so much. But when you look at all the different pieces, you know, Do Not Disturb and the Siri updates and the Mail updates and, and other niceties that Apple's showcased, I think it's going to take what already feels very good to me. I like my current iPhone running iOS 5.0, whatever. 
um, and making all of those things better and smoother and easier to use, or and if not easier to use, more rewarding or satisfying to use, I think is is a very good plan. Um, the where I worry about the future and worry is probably too strong here too, is at some point I feel like, given the especially when you look at the iPhone, given the confines of the phone and its size, and what things exist in the world today, I worry about how many hallmark features remain i mean certainly something like passbook is new but look how much phil and i are ready to endorse that one so i you know when i start thinking about ios 7 and 12 and 14 i just wonder what more is there going to be to add in some of these areas you know if it's just say an updated springboard like dan's talking about uh i don't know that that's going to motivate uh consumers the same way that you know iOS 5 or iOS 6 might, but I do worry that, you know, and I'm sure that I'm just being foolish and naive here, but I, right now it's hard for me to see, you know, what are the big milestones that Apple has left to hit on an OS that already feels extremely mature and refined? Fortunately, we'll be toothless old men before we have to answer that question. Um For me, obviously, I'm looking forward to iOS 6. I look forward to every iOS update. But the thing I, 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 I'm most interested in are the, the things that Apple hasn't announced yet. For instance, the hardware. I, I mentioned earlier I've got some, some aging uh, iOS devices in my, in, for my personal use, and my iPhone 4 isn't going to be able to run a lot of features um, uh, in iOS 6. Uh, I'm pulling up the list right here. Uh, the iPhone 4 is going to miss out on the flyovers. I'm not going to be able to do the turn-by-turn navigation. I'm not going to uh, be able to make FaceTime calls over 3G. And of course, we've already uh, talked about how it's not going to support Siri. My original iPad isn't even going to be able to run iOS 6. So I, I, I would like to know what hardware Apple has in store for us because I think it's time for me to to upgrade or or decide whether I want to live without. And of course, as always, I think Apple is going to have to figure out um, a better way for people to manage and find their apps, both on the App Store and on the phone itself. Sounds good. Yeah, sounds like a good yes. point. Yes, end of speech. Soapbox <laughs> collapsing. <laughs> Um, those are our thoughts, uh, listeners. If you have any uh, 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 thoughts about iOS 6 and where it's headed, we'd love to hear from you. You can uh, leave some comments in the show notes or, or, or send us various emails at our Macworld.com addresses. Um, until we hear from you, though, it just um, uh, is left for me to thank my guest today, Dan Moore. And thank you, Dan. Thank you, Phil, for having me. Thank you, Lex Friedman. Always a delight. Thank you, listeners, for listening to the Macworld Podcast, which was sponsored by Hover.com, domain names made simple. <laughs>